Hey there, welcome to Jam with Jen, Empowering Your Pivot. I'm an ex-corporate girl turned chiropractor who is on a mission to help others make their dream a reality. I'll be sharing real stories from people who have made that leap into living a life of success on their terms. Making the leap isn't always sunshine and rainbows, but it's about showing you that you too can have the freedom of life you desire. So let's jump right in. Hey, hey, welcome everybody back to another episode of Jamming with Jen, Empowering Your Pivot. Today, I have Jess Ofis on with Purely You Healing, and I'm really excited for you all to listen into this episode because Jess is going to share some really big things that happened in her life. For instance, these synchronicities that showed up within her life and literally changed her health moving forward. She's going to talk about what Purely You stands for. And then also the struggles that she had as she was learning all of these natural ways of healing, healing from the inside out while still trying to establish herself as a nurse. So we talked about imposter syndrome last last week, and we're probably going to talk about it again today, but I'm so excited for you all to listen in and get to know Jess a little bit better. So let's jump right in. All right. Welcome everybody back to another episode of Jamming with Jen. Today I have Jess Ofis on with Purely You Healing. Sorry about that. And she is currently in that pivot moment, or like in the in the middle of the pivot, pivoting out of nursing um, into something that is more calling to her. So welcome, Jess. Do you want to share a little bit more about yourself? Thank you. Yeah, I would love to. I'm, um, I'm, I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me on. So kind of where I'm at in my journey and what's going on is I uh, started nursing school in the fall of 2008 and got my four-year degree in the university and was very much um, stuck, pushed into Western medicine right? Everything in Western medicine is exactly what you need to be doing. And if there's no research to prove it or multiple studies to prove it, then it's not real or helpful. Um, We focused a whole lot on symptom management. And I thought that was it, right? This is how I'm going to take care of people. This is how I'm going to help them be better and heal and learn to understand their bodies. And it's going to be great. And then I started nursing in 2012. I entered into my official nurse career and realized in about three months that that's not at all what it is. It, you know, Western medicine is very good at what it does, but it is not great at a holistic approach. It is not great at serving people as whole beings. It is not great at um, approaching healthcare from or wellness care from many different facets. It's very good at being one track minded and serving in the way they know how to serve. And that is it, right? We close the door. Mm-hmm. So in my own health uh, and, and then of course my job, I decided I needed to find something a little different and I wanted to bridge that gap. So I found some people that helped me to heal. I started working with a naturopath and an energy healer and a physical therapist who focused just on pelvic pain, which was something I didn't know existed until that part of my life and realized that we really needed to just bridge the gap between the two. 
So I started working as an intuitive healer. I became a Reiki master, a master herbalist, a certified angel card reader. I took training in chakra cleansing, in essential oils and crystals, in women's health as, as a whole. So I get to call myself a women's health mentor now. Uh, and then I started my side gig where I now help women to heal from the inside out and bridge that gap between what I know in Western medicine and what I know in alternative therapies. We throw all of that together into one hat and I serve women that way. So I've been doing that part for about six years. And I think at last count, I was between 500 and 600 sessions with different women and over a hundred women that I have served. And I'm looking now at this point in my life to transition out of the nursing field and truly just into wellness care for women. Uh, but, you know, we just got married last fall. So there were some wedding expenses. 2020 in itself uh, was an expense. Yes. <laughs> totally changed the ballgame of what life looked like. Uh, it, an expense, not just financially, but with our time. You know, I have a stepdaughter who is ended up homeschooling, you know, for all of spring semester and then a majority of fall semester. So I was working with her when she was at home and uh, that really kind of cut into my time and my ability to be in all of the places doing all of the other things. So the goal then is that by the end of this year, we will have grown out of my nursing profession as a full-time job. And I will switch over to nursing being part-time and healing being full-time. And then probably one more year after that, we'll walk away from nursing altogether. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. I love it because I, like we were talking about before, so I'm a chiropractor. So I look at more wellness as well and looking from healing the body from the inside out too. And Western medicine has an awesome approach when needed. So like if the house is burning, if you right. have a broken leg, don't come to me. Probably mm -hmm. you're not going to want Reiki right away. Probably but not. you know, after that, like when you're looking to rebuild, as in like the carpenters rebuilding the house and everything, mm -hmm. you don't call the fire department to rebuild your house. Right. Right. So. And even um, just prevention, you know, yeah. let's just keep you well in between crisis. Ideally yes. keep you out of crisis. Right. Um, and that's it is it, Western medicine is so good at so many things, mm -hmm. but we Western medicine focuses on sick care. You know, yeah. it's truly not healthcare. It is sick care. It's when you are sick, when you are in crisis, when you are, when you have an intense need, then you go in the meantime, let's support your body in every other way. Yes. Right? And that's what we do. Mm -hmm. Perfect. I love it. And I was reading through like your website too, about the, that you're an herbalist and I, that is on like my bucket list is to take some classes on herbs and becoming better overall with like just herbs for healing. Right. Absolutely. They're so powerful. And I think something that we have really lost sight in, you know, all medicine came from plants to begin with. Yeah. Everything that we take today is a synthetic version of something we learned through plant medicine. And there, if you use them in the right way, to use herbs and supplements in the right way are so much more beneficial than whatever artificial lab created thing you get in your prescription medicine. You know, it just, um, they aren't always instant. And I think that's what turns a lot of people off from that is that, well, you know, if you take Vitex to support your hormone balance, it's not going to fix you in a day or a month or a week. You know, it truly, you're looking at six to eight months before you find balance in that. If you buy into the idea that you can take birth control to, to balance your hormones, which 
you know, I mean, birth control doesn't balance them. It just changes them. Um, but if you, you look at that to ease your symptoms or regulate your cycles or whatever you want that to be great, it's going to work in about a month. Mm -hmm. It really is because it's fake hormone and you're giving your body hormones um, or Vitex helps your body to balance its own. And so we get so, we're so caught up in our society in fix it fast. You know, it's instant gratification and I don't want to put the work into healing my body. I just want a pill to fix it. Mm -hmm. And so we turn away from herbs because of that, right? Because it's going to take more than that 30 minutes. It takes the ibuprofen to kick my headache or, um, you know, whatever that, that may be. We are too accustomed to instant gratification instead of truly healing from the inside out, right? We just cover up the symptoms. So, um, if you have some questions about herbs and where to go get some training and whatnot, I would love to offer some guidance that way for you. Um, I did my training through the Genesis School of Natural Health. She's based in South Dakota. Okay. Super cool lady. Absolutely love her. Um, I might even be able to get you a referral discount possibly. Oh, so yeah. If when you're ready to take that leap yeah. into your wellness journey, uh, you let me know and we'll, we'll make some things happen for you, but it's super cool. Um, just to learn and know and have the resources available just to help, even if it's just your own body and not all of your clients, you know, or something to say, you know, I remember reading about this thing. Maybe you should look into it. Mm-hmm. It's cool to have that in your back pocket. Yes, Absolutely. Um, so tell me more a little bit about like the mission that you're on through um, more of like the natural healing, like what, um, cause you've already told me about your pivot, like why you kind of pivoted, but now I guess like what type of mission do you want to get out there for other people? Sure. So, uh, I came into natural healing because Western medicine failed me. I mean, that's really what it came down to. I was diagnosed with endometriosis. Um, I went through the Western medicine approach. We tried multiple different birth controls. We, I had surgery twice and was facing my third, um, and it would have been my third surgery within 18 months. Right? And I, I mean, I was just coming out of college and said, guys, I can't afford this. I can't afford another surgery. I can't afford to be having surgery, you know, taking the time off work and having surgery in my brand new career as a, a new person. Like you don't get to do that as the new kid on the block, you know? Um, and I had moved away from my, my doctor to start my career. And so I said, now we're adding travel time to this and it's a whole different ball game now is there anything else I can do? Do I really not have any other choices? And you've told me that endometriosis cannot be cured. And so this just makes it better for the time being, but nothing is really working and it's only lasting six months. There has to be something else. Mm-hmm. So I started doing some of my own research and did all of the things they tell you not to do in nursing school, right? I, I became a Google doctor and learned things and started getting acupuncture And I started some different herbs and supplements that I had just found on the internet. I knew nothing about herbs at that point in my life, but the internet said it was something to try. And I said, okay, let's do it. Uh, And then I ended up, you know, in a twist of fate, I went in for a uh, just routine annual visit and my doctor ended up in stuck in labor. And since I drove 150 miles to get there, they let me see somebody else instead of having to reschedule and come back. So I saw her PA and she looked at my med list where I'd listed all of my new little supplements. And she says, you know, because you're into this, I think you would like this physical therapist, go see her. So I did that. She goes, you know, because you're into this, I think you would like this, this naturopath, go see her. So I did. She says, you know, what you need is an energy healer. Go see her. She sends me to somebody else. 
those three women together changed my life. I never did have that third surgery. I have zero endometriosis symptoms or problems anymore where it was keeping me from sleeping at night. It was keeping me from working out. It was affecting every bit of my life and I don't notice it anymore. Completely changed my life. And then of course, all of the other things that come in my nursing career was like, man, we're, we're kind of missing it guys. You know, we're kind of missing the boat here. And so my goal now is to guide women in such a way that I was guided between those three practitioners, right? Say, listen, it changed my life. It can change your life too, right? You can heal your body from the inside out. There are alternative therapies that you can work at to get better. Do I believe that one of those did it? No, it came from all of them, right? It's that well-rounded approach, that true holistic approach to healing that we need. And I want to be the catalyst for that, for women in that way, right? Not just, it's not just about essential oils. That's not going to fix everything. It's not just chiropractic care. It's not just physical therapy. It's not just Western medicine, right? It's everything, everything together and learning how to implement it in your life, learning how to trust your body and listen when it sends you those signals that you need to be paying attention to, Mm -hmm. learning how to honor your body when it sends you those signals, not just acknowledge, oh yeah, I probably need more water, but then to take the initiative to go drink more water, right? Um, And then taking all of that and moving forward with it so you can change your life and you can live as the best version of yourself instead of kind of putting a mask on and just showing up as the person that you're supposed to be that day. Right. Um, I always tell people purely you isn't the person at drop off in the, in the carpool lane. Right. And purely you isn't the mask you put on when you go to work and have to put a smile on your face for people. Right. Purely you is truly the best version of yourself and you can show up as her every day. You just need the tools to do so. That's my goal. That's why I'm here to give you those tools and to teach you and guide you in a way that you get to show up as your best self every single day, no matter the circumstances. Very cool. Like how perfect that everything synchronized so perfectly for your life that day. Yep. It was supposed to be, everything was supposed to be exactly the way it was. And I, I mean, I do, I credit those women to the change in my life and I tell them often, (laughs) if it wasn't for you and you and you, Mm -hmm. um, I, I don't know that I would be where I I am at today, but for whatever reason, that's the way it was supposed to happen. And it, it got me to where I'm at. So we are grateful. So grateful for that. Perfect. Yeah. So when you started to make that pivot, what was, what was one of like the first things that you started to do? Did you do like the, the herbalist training first? Did you do the Reiki training first? Like how did you, how did you really make that pivot or was it all at once you did it? Nope. Um, it certainly was a little at a time. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so I started with just Reiki, uh, just my Reiki one and two, I got in a weekend class Uh, my attunement in a weekend class that was held where my grandma was. So I was able to stay with her and get my training. And I remember on our first day at lunch, um, I left for lunch and I called my mom and I said, mom, this, this is it. Like, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. There's something here for me that is much bigger than anything I've ever done before. I had it as I was growing and evolving in my, my childhood, I had always had these experiences of healing that I didn't understand. You know, um, my hands would get hot when I was around people who needed some extra like TLC, whether that was through prayers or love, or if they were sad. Um, and I, I I always thought that that was like what happened when you prayed for people, you know, that like you just, when you pray and that's why we put our hands together. Cause when you pray, then you hold that heat, you know, you get to hold that, that God's energy or that power in your hands. And I didn't realize that that wasn't the case. 
until I was uh, probably early teens and had kind of said something just off, you know, off the cuff to a friend of mine. And she's like, no, that's what, what are you talking about? You know, like, that's not what happens when I pray. I was like, oh, weird. Uh, so I kind of like shut that down and stopped telling people about it and stopped talking about it and realized it wasn't normal. Um, and then of course, you know, went to nursing school where they kind of beat all that out of you anyway. And so when I went into Reiki and I got my attunement and I was like, now this, this is it. This is why my hands get hot. This is what's going on. You know, this is the type of energy I need to be working with. And I, I'm, it's, it's a prayer just the same, but it's a prayer through energy or it's the energy of the prayer that I was feeling and being aware of before. And so I, you know, I was calling mom and I said, like, there's something in this. We have to, I have to run with this. I don't know what I'm going to do with it yet, but I have to run with it. And it was just on fire. So I started, I got home and I started talking about it at work and I was talking about it to my friends and I was um, moonlighting at the, the bar and restaurant in town. So I was talking about it down there and all of a sudden people started asking me, you know, Hey, well, I, I want to check it out. That sounds so cool. Are you seeing people? So I started with what I told people were clinicals that I need to practice. So you don't pay me. You just come over to my house. I took the twin bed, a spare bed out of my spare room and threw it in my basement downstairs. And I worked on people down there uh, for free until they started, until I started having more people that wanted to come for me than I had time for, you know? And then I said, listen, I'm going to have to start charging. I'm going to have to put a dollar on this because I, I need a way to, as terrible as this sounds, to weed people out. Yeah. You know, um, I need you to decide that you're really invested in coming to see me because I don't have time anymore. I'm still mm -hmm. juggling. I would, at that point was working two eights and two twelves a week and I was working days and nights. So I would, you know, you'd be sleeping for half the day one day and working three to 11 the next day. And then the next day, seven to seven, it was just crazy. So, uh, I made that transition and started working with people and they would pay me. And every six months or so I increased my prices and increased my prices until I found, what did I do next? Uh, I think probably in that process that I was, I got my chakra cleansing stuff. I was working with oils already, uh, stepped into crystals in the process. And then I worked on my angel card cert. So I started reading cards for people and that was just kind of a fun spinoff. And then I got my master herbalist. Then I did my women's health studies. Um, is that all of it? I think maybe that's all of it. Yeah. So kind of a uh, baby stepped through all of that along the way, yeah. you know, and gained the knowledge that I need. I became a doula in there. Also, I was working labor and delivery. So I became a doula in there and, you know, that was before my women's health stuff. Um, and so I kind of just took a little bit at a time in the, the time, but I did find early on when I was talking about it at the hospital that not everybody was receptive. Mm -hmm. You know, I was so excited about it that I couldn't keep my mouth shut. Right. And I had one of my doctors and she was a labor and delivery doctor. So we worked together quite a bit. She had said something to me to the effect of you believe in all that. Said, yeah, I do. It changed my life. Of course I do. Mm -hmm. You can't, you can't see it, experience, be a part of it, not believe in it. You know, you don't have to understand how it works, but you can't not believe it works. And she said, oh, those people are just quacks. And I was like, oh, what are people going to think about me? I'm still trying to establish myself as a nurse. What if they think that I'm not a credible nurse because I believe in this other stuff? What if they think that I'm not good at my job because I also do this thing on the side? What if they judge me? So I stopped talking about it. 
right? It became a behind closed doors. I asked my clients not to tell their providers that they were seeing me, even if it was helping. I told them if they come off of, if they get to come off of their blood pressure medicine, because we're working together, that that is so great. But just tell your doctor, you picked up, you know, you let go of some stress in your life and started doing something different, you know, whether you're, maybe you're exercising more, you can tell them you're praying more, you're meditating, or you start, you picked up yoga, whatever story you need to tell them, don't tell them it's because of me. I 100% hit it because I did not want to be judged. So I do think that that uh, kind of inhibited my growth for a while. You know, the business itself didn't grow because I was scared of it growing. I was scared of people finding out that I was doing this thing. I didn't want people to know that that was my other life. You know, Um, I often would tell my clients that I had to put on a different face. You know, I am a, I'm nurse just when I'm at the hospital and I'm healer just when I'm here and it's two different people. And along the way, I started to realize how detrimental that was. You know, are you any, are are you bridging the gap at all if you're just living on both sides of the coin, right? And so when I decided to make that change and said, nope, I started putting it on resumes. You know, now I am a Reiki master and I'm a master herbalist and these are skills that I have and this is on my resume when I'm applying for my nursing jobs. Um, I worked as a travel nurse for a while, so my resume was updated and seen by many, many facilities, you know, kind of across the the region. And it was something I put on there. I quit hiding it altogether. And that was the shift that the business needed to truly grow and make some serious change. Um, it's been it's been quite a journey. It's been quite a, a wild ride along the way, but you know, I wouldn't have it any other way. I'm glad that you shared that because in the last person I interviewed, we talked about imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's something that needs to be talked about more. And the fact that nobody, not everybody will agree with you and people will always share their comments on how they feel. Mm-hmm. They also don't have to like wake up and be you every day. That's exactly so. it. They don't have to live with that. Yeah. Um, and I think imposter syndrome is something I think we all go through. Anybody who's deciding, especially if you're just deciding to pivot, you yeah. know, it's one thing to walk into your original chosen profession or job or whatever and say, man, I don't know, like if this is real yet, you know? Um, I mean, I remember the day that I finally felt like a real nurse and it certainly wasn't the day that I passed boards, you know, um, I, it was a situation where one of the CNAs came and asked me a question and I knew the answer to it. And I was like, wow, I'm a nurse. <laughs> they needed me and I could answer this question. This is great. Um, are there days where I still feel like I'm not qualified to be a nurse? Absolutely. You know, I mean, that's something I've got the training. I've got the experience. I've been doing this for nine years. It's not like it's something that I'm a a quote unquote rookie at, you know, the books say that when you're, you are in something for five years, you become an expert, right? You go from novice in the first two and three to five, you are um, good. And by five years, you're an expert. So according to the books, I'm an expert and I still don't believe that I am a nurse all the time, you know? So then you throw in this other thing that's a bit alternative, a bit off the beaten path, and you do start to question, like, can I really do what I'm doing? Is this, it, it, do I really deserve to be paid for it? Are people really going to want to come see me? Am I really making a difference in their life? Mm-hmm. Is it really worth their time? Is, am I worth their money? You know, you throw all of that on there and it's huge. It is huge. But I had a thought one day when I was visiting with a, a CNA who was going to nursing school and she was kind of struggling with, you know, if, what if I don't get straight A's? What if I, whatever. And I said, you know, somebody told me something in nursing school one day uh, that I will share with you now. And it was, 
this idea. She said, what do they call the doctor who finished last in their class? I don't know. I mean, nobody knows where anybody finished. It's not like you wear a badge on your, your name tag that says, yeah. you know, I was number 402 out of my 700 person class. Like nobody knows that. Just, no, they still call him doctor. Nobody, I mean, it, you are still in the end of the day, you pass your classes, you still get your degree and you still get to go out into the world and function. Right. Mm-hmm. And so when we were, when I had shared that with this other nursing student, we were talking back and forth and I said, you know, the other thing is that there are a million doctors in our country and people still go to med school, right? We still need more. How many pediatricians at that time I was in Bismarck, North Dakota. I said, how many pediatricians do we have in just in Bismarck? It's not like it's a one-stop shop and, you know, one size fits all. There are multiple different providers in that one specialty. There are multiple different nurses in multiple different specialties and you can go anywhere in the country. You don't get to be weeded out because a million other people are in school with you. Right. That's not how this works. Right. And so that, and in my getting to have that conversation with her, of course, is something that then I hold close to my heart now that no, we are all doing what we're supposed to be doing and the world still needs you. Mm-hmm. Right. No different than the world needs more doctors. They need more nurses and we need more teachers and we need more of all of the other professions. I need more of what you're doing too. Right. So when I start to feel like a bit of an imposter, I remember that. And that makes me feel better. Awesome. Yeah. Was there anybody who really you leaned on for support through all of that? Uh, my mom, of course, was big. Um, mom is, is good support. My dad too, but dad doesn't talk about it as much. You know, he's just like, you do whatever you're going to do, honey. And I'll stand behind you. And mom's like, okay, so now what about this idea? And have you thought about this? And, you know, so she's kind of my sounding board a little bit more. Uh, my husband of course has been great. Um, he does not understand in the least bit what I do. Um, he knows that I help people and that's good enough for him. And he leaves it at that, but he is 100% behind me in every choice that I make. Um, down to, you know, he'll say things to me like, you know, so-and-so is complaining about their wife and I really think she would help you. Can I give him a card to give to her? You know, like, so he's super great um, in, in supporting me in that way. And I think those are probably my two biggest supports that have been beginning to end. You know, a friend of mine is very good. She also is a small business owner. Um, and so she's been great as, as far as just business ideas go and supporting the venture in itself. Um, you know, so I'd probably throw her in, in that mix too, but I tend to just not keep people in my life who don't support me. So mostly the people who are in my life are there because they are supportive and on board with what I'm doing. And if they're not, then we either don't talk about what I do. Mm-hmm. You know, you keep your conversations about the weather or they are not a part of my life for very long. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. You got to keep your circle small and you keep the people who are, are going to fight with you in it. You know, exactly. I, don't have, I don't have the energy to fight somebody or to prove to somebody that what I'm doing, I should be doing. You know, right. if you're not on board with it, then go find someone else to hang out with because I have goals and a mission and I'm working at it. Yeah. Join me or don't. I love it because it's true. Like mm-hmm. you don't need to waste that energy. No. Um, and sometimes it can be hard if they're, they're an immediate family member or something, yeah. but yep. um, it doesn't sound like you have that. Problem. No, my family is pretty good. And, and, you know, even, I think even if they weren't, 
that is an age old battle across the board, right? It's the, well, mom thinks I need to be a doctor and I really want to go into graphic design, you know, and that, that battle happens. And ideally, hopefully those people find the strength later to say, you know, I have to wake up with myself every day, just like you were talking, you know, I have to, to decide every single day that this is that what I'm doing is something that makes me happy. And if it doesn't make me happy, then why am I doing it? You know, at some point we grow out of that need to please the other people in our lives and decide to just do the thing that fills your heart and soul. When you've made that step, you've become an adult and have decided that your happiness matters more than pleasing the world around you. Yes. That's perfect. What has been the most challenging part of this whole process for you? Oh, after deciding it was okay to talk about again, um, cause that part was hard, you know, living that split life was hard. Yeah. Um, when I got over that, then it becomes time, you know, it becomes a time management thing and deciding that, um, you know, where do you give time and what do you give up for time to make it all happen. Um, you know, so when I started dating my husband, I was working as a travel nurse and I was working straight nights a week on and a week off. And on my week off, I would, uh, when I first started travel nursing, I had to go home, um, cause my mom was getting can- breast, breast cancer treatment. So I went home to care for her. So all of a sudden my time for my clients went gone. I mean, it, it poof disappeared. Because how was I supposed to be sitting at the radiation center or in the infusion center with mom getting chemo and work on my people, you know? Uh, And so I really had to get very creative and very flexible about how I worked with my clients. And they were very good in understanding through the process. Mom stepped into remission. And so my life opened up a little bit more as far as timing goes. And ironically, that's about when I met my husband uh, and then his daughter. And so then it became things of, well, I can't, I can't, I could have, I didn't want to give up time with the two of them mm-hmm. to be with my clients. Right. But I didn't want to give up my clients to be with them, you know? So we really had to work hard on uh, what that looked like and what scheduling looked like. Uh, so I now see people pre COVID say that pre COVID, I would see my clients when she was at her mom's, mm-hmm. you know, and I didn't miss any time with her at all. Um, we have 50, 50 custody. So then, uh, when she was home with us, I was only with, with my family. It was just us together. COVID happened. And now I see clients when she's in school, um, because she only goes two days a week. She's virtual the other three days and there's no after school care for her anymore because nobody's allowed to take all the extra people. So I draw profit school and I take clients during the school day. And then I close up shop and pick her up and we come home. Uh, so, you know, being flexible and working with my work schedule and, uh, things like, so I'm, uh, now have an online course and in creating that too, it's when do you find the time to do that? So I get up at five every day on the days that I go to the hospital, I get up at five and go to work. We clock in at a quarter to six. So on my days off, I just keep the same wake up time and I sit in my little office in the spare bedroom and type away. And, uh, my husband calls it clicky clacking. (laughs) <laughs> Did you get a lot done when you were clicky clacking this morning? Yes. Thank you. <laughs> uh, but it does. It means then that I'm not up until 1030 at night with him. It means that I miss the evening news. It means that I don't necessarily stay awake for movie night or that I don't sleep in just because I can. Uh, you know, it really, 
you really have to decide what your priorities are and um, what sacrifices you're willing to make. At this point, I sacrifice staying up and watching a movie and I go to bed earlier than my husband does and he laughs at me for it and I do it anyway. And I roll out of bed at five in the morning, all groggy and I throw a hoodie on and I sit down in my chair and get started, you know? Um, So I think that that's probably the hardest battle right now is just time. Mm-hmm. I mean, time is, is invaluable and it's non, uh, non renewable. I don't get to make more of it. I just have to use what I have in a way that works for me. So that's the biggest battle, but I guess you get clear on your priorities and you make it happen anyway. Yeah. What's been the most rewarding? When people tell me I changed their life. You know, that is it. The, um, my, one of my favorite things to hear is that when people say my mind is blown right? Like when, it, like, yeah, see, you just, we just opened a whole door to a world you never knew existed. Yeah. You know, like, I love that part. Um, I love seeing them go from that moment of um, either I don't have it in me or I'm incapable or I can't to look at all of the opportunities I have to make change. Mm-hmm. Right. And I'm committed to making that change. Right. Um, I love those moments for me, people. I love seeing that shift from I'm in crisis to I get to prevent crisis now. You know, that is cool. That's my favorite part. It lights me up. It fills my heart. It, it just, yeah, that's it. That's, that's the thing. That's how we do what we do. You know, yeah. it's for that moment. Right. It is the best. Yeah. It is. Mm-hmm. All right. So do you have any podcasts or books, anything else that you recommend for people to kind of listen to or read? Yes. Um, so in the entrepreneur. I can never say this word in the entrepreneur space. Yeah. Um, I really enjoy Jenna Kutcher with yeah. the gold digger podcast. I really, really like her. Um, Amy Porterfield, of course, online marketing made easy. She's really good to a little bit of a different approach um, or style of teaching. So it's nice to have the variety there. I think that it's important to, to also work on not just building the business, but uh, creating wholeness in yourself. Right. So, um, you know, kind of depending on what feeds your soul, then you also want to look at things that keep you grounded and keep you happy and healthy. You know, it's very easy, especially in building a business and building a business on the side. You know, if that's where you're starting is the side gig and then you look to transition, it's so easy to get lost in numbers and money and profits and more clients and grow, grow, grow and lose yourself, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, and so I think that's important to keep something else in your space that just keeps you grounded and keeps you whole, you know? So, um, I am a huge fan of audible. I like audiobooks, So I listen to anything and everything I can. Um, you know, we, uh, my bonus daughter's school is a half hour away. So I get an hour of listen time every day. So if it's not a podcast, then it's a book, you know, and, and that's really cool. Um, I do also love or have loved, have really appreciated, um, Profit First. Yes. You know, that book is really good. But again, that's a money book, right? So that's all business things uh, that are good and awesome and great. There is, there's one more. I have to think of it because um, it gets lost in all of my other things. Carolyn Meese. Um, I really like her as well. But that's more, I think, personal growth than it is business growth, right? But they are one and the same to me. So mm-hmm. um, Carolyn Meese is a, a really good person to look into as far as just keeping yourself growing on the journey, you know? So I like those ones. 
think those are a good place to start for anybody who's ready to make the move, do the thing. And you, did you write a children's book? I did. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, It's a little different than my intuitive healing process. Um, This is a book, it's called Bonus Love. And I wrote it for my bonus daughter uh, when we were, uh, I think it came right after we got engaged. Um, she started asking a lot of questions about, you know, what that meant and what comes next. And actually the night he proposed and I showed her my ring and she looks at us and she goes, you got married. I'm like, um, <laughs> no, not yet. We will get married. Uh, it's coming, but that's not quite what happened. He just proposed. Well, what does that mean? You know, and, and now we're fiance and what does that mean? And those types of things. And she was, um, when I first came into her life, there was a little bit of jealousy there. You know, there was, of course, the, the fear that, um, like now dad's going to love you more than he loves me or, um, our life is going to change so much and it's going to be hard and and things are going to not be good. Or, you know, our, our world here is, is different and different is scary, you know? And so I wanted her to have a book. I wanted to have something that would open the conversation around the transition from somebody new in your life to, or in dad's life, you know, dad's and yours, um, to her becoming a little bit more permanent to then the fiance step to then the, the husband and wife step. And now we're a family and to understand that having somebody new in your life doesn't mean that there's less love. It means there's more. Right. And so what I, um, you know, the, the thing I always say is that, you know, having a bonus mom just means bonus love right? You get to have someone else who loves you and cares for you. And all of my family who loves and cares for her, you get to have a whole nother set of grandparents and more cousins and aunties and uncles. And you get to have all of these extra people who love and support you. And that's just a bonus in your life. And so, um, I looked for the book and the book did not exist. Not one that her parents were never married. And so I didn't want one that talked about the aftermath of divorce. Mm -hmm. I didn't have kids. So I didn't want one that talked about gaining siblings you know, I needed something that was just very unique to our story and it did not exist or not that I could find. So I was complaining about it to my, at that point, fiance, and he goes, then write it. And I looked at him and, you know, my jaw dropped and I was like, I can't just write a book. Yes, you can write it. So I said, okay. And I wrote it that night. I found an illustrator in a Facebook group and I created the book. So yeah, now I have the book. It's called Bonus Love. Um, it's available on my website. It's available to Amazon and Barnes and Noble, you know, so it's, I mean, it's the real deal. It's in print. It's, it's pretty cool, but, um, yeah, something I never in a million years dreamed I would do, but I loved it. It was a really cool adventure, something really fun to have. Definitely just a passion project. I haven't worked real hard at marketing or pushing it in any way. It was, I wanted a copy in my hand before we got married and I got that. And now if it serves other families, that's great. You know, now it's just the icing on the cake. Yeah. Awesome. And then you have a bonus too, correct? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I think it's important, you know, kind of what I was saying as far as, as, um, podcasts and books and those kinds of things that it's so important to keep yourself grounded and to keep yourself on track. And it's hard to do that when you get lost and it's hard to do that when you start to feel like an imposter, 
you know, yeah. you start to feel like, eh, I don't know if I can do this. And you uh, maybe in the, the world of energy, you kind of let that solar plexus chakra shrink a little bit and you, you kind of crawl inside yourself. Right. And so I have uh, this freebie. It's a five-step guide to your morning routine to help you own your power and really stand in everything that you are meant to be so that you can start your day from a place of feeling confident and sure of yourself. And like you are exactly where you are meant to be. Um, so that you can find it at purelyyouhealing.com slash own your power. Perfect. I will put that in the show notes too. Perfect. Thank you so much for that. Yeah. Anything else you want to share with the listeners? You know, um, the one thing I think that I have to share with everybody is to remember that this world needs what you do, you know, and that only you can do it like you do. And so stop preventing the world from seeing that and get out there and do it. Do the thing, do your thing. Right. And of course, you know, I always ask that nothing less than love and light enter your space and that you only welcome that into your space so that you can go do your thing. I love it. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Big thank you to Jess for jumping on the podcast and sharing her story of pivoting out of nursing and really looking at what truly lights her soul on fire. So Jess, thank you so much for sharing everything. I think you really ended the podcast with that special note that the world does need what you have to offer. So you need to go ahead and chase your North Star, figure out what lights you up and keep moving forward on that, whether it's the big leaps or just taking one small step at a time. So thank you, Jess, again for the interview. Thank you so much for listening through another episode of Jamming with Jen. If you liked the episode, definitely share it out with a friend. And if you're looking to connect with me more, follow me on Instagram. The handle is Jammin' with Jen podcast, or you can always head over to the website at jenforstner.com. Thank you so much again and have a great day.